problem. Yeah, ah. we're on. Hey. <laughs> I didn't know that button would do that. She touchy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we are. Here we are. Hold on, I need a little sippy sip. Take a little drink. Watch. Freaking Snoop Dogg 19 Crimes wine. Yes. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. But. I mean, you're drinking gay wine. I am drinking gay wine. And then you'll be drinking 19 Crimes wine. <laughs> if, it's, if there's any left by the time I'm done with my I gay wine. I saved that little bit for you. A little That's bit. all you. Okay. All right. <laughs> I moved on to a different drink. Slams pounding vodka. It's a good night. <laughs> Ratchet. Pounding. It's just a little. You've been I drinking mean, since 3.30, but bitch. But she is drinking it with a straw. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we would consider that pounding. I mean, I pound it with a straw. She's okay. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. my mom listens to this. <laughs> no, my mom. That's not what we meant. My mom is adorable. My mom didn't know we had a podcast until I was like talking to her about it the other day, and then she's like, she like I showed her like. First of all, we have an awesome sticker design. Yes, by Megan, and I'm super excited about it. So we're gonna we're gonna do that soon. So I was showing my mom the sticker that she designed for us. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So, like, a couple hours later, my mom comes to me and she's like, so what's a podcast? <laughs> like, we've only been doing this for, like, 15 weeks. <laughs> so Get on board, mom. I told her, I was like, you know, it's like a radio show. And so then, like, one of my friends on Facebook commented on my post and they're like, have you explained to your mom, like, the significance of your name like what your name of the podcast means i was like no my mom just asked me what a podcast was so i'm pretty sure i'm safe on the name thing for a while yes so mom calls me today and she's like so what's your podcast name mean? <laughs> oh no and i was like well cardi b has this song called wop and they say <laughs> no, like, they she say did. there's some whores in this house, but we thought it'd be funny if it was there's some whores in this house. Yes. And she's like, oh, that's a cool play on words. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, don't, don't listen- ask me what. <laughs> like, don't listen to that song, mom. It's, it's, that's, that's not the worst no, of it. No, <laughs> she's don't. like, no, I don't like Cardi B. I think she's kind of trashy. <laughs> My mom is so cute. Don't listen to that I was like, don't song. listen to that song, mom. No. It's not a good time. I love it. My mom would not love no, it. No, no, not so much. Not so much. Anyway, this is some... There's some horrors in this house podcast. Yes. Because we haven't said our name. We haven't. I in probably that. like 15 weeks. I thought about that the other day. Yeah. And I'm Fluff. And well, I'm Maiden. And that's... And this is Slam. Slam. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> She's always in the background, normally doing laundry. She's the lovable side character. Yes. We need a sticker with slam on it doing laundry. That's our next goal. So, yeah. So, that was our business is that we are going to shortly have some stickers coming out, which we're really excited about. The design is so badass. This is so cool. I'm so, so, I'm stoked about it. I know. It. I am I'm so too. pumped about it. It's awesome. It's really awesome. So, we can't wait to reveal that. And um, we are at, what, like 167-ish Ish, yeah. likes on Facebook, which is hella cool for it one is. thing yes i'm like awesome. super excited about that but we're super close to the 200 and i think we should go live again at 200 yeah i feel like that's that's a must yes that was fun i like doing maybe that. we'll try to record it on my laptop this time so we can yeah so we can have a bigger kind of frame yeah i know it was hard on an iphone yeah but, um we need a bigger picture we'll figure it out we're just learning we'll we figure are. it out 
but we're uh, we're probably gonna get some better quality audio soon. So that will be stay awesome tuned for, for that. <laughs> It'll sound so much better. It will sound so much better um, than us sounding like we're underwater right now. Yeah. Um, any other business? No, not that I can think of. No. I don't think so. We had a badass dinner. Oh, we did have a badass <laughs> dinner. She's no like, we, I got here, and Fluff's like, we made all the food. She's like, there's steak, and then she said other shit, but all I heard was steak. <laughs> <laughs> and I brought no-bakes and some Trulies, so we're Woo! living life right yes. now. Living our best got life. That <laughs> got that stimmy. Got that stimmy. We rich. I started calling my kids stimmy the other day. Like, they would come to me and ask me something. Naley got so mad, she was like, why are you calling me that? And I was like, what? Miss 1400? <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny, though. That's hilarious. And then I taught Jackie how to say, no ma'am, no ham, no turkey. Oh, God. <laughs> That's all she says. That was like, no ma'am, no ham, no turkey. <laughs> Kids are great. Oh, they crack me up. They're getting fun. Yeah. Yes, they are. So, we have a really big case tonight. We do. We're not doing any paranormal tonight. We're doing a big true crime case. Because we thought, what, this is our 15th episode? Mm -hmm. So, that's kind of a milestone. I feel like that's a nice round number. You almost got nothing because I did my notes. (laughs) And then they were gone. And I contemplated existence for a while. Mm. Because I worked hard on them and they disappeared. But, crisis averted, I found them. Yeah, so we're doing a big one tonight. Do you want to tell them what it is? Oh, sure. It's H.H. Holmes. H.H. Holmes. And we kind of, like, broke it down to where we split it. We each covered, like, certain halves of the story, so we're going to do it together. Yeah. So if there's information that might be mentioned more than one time, we did our notes and research separately, but I think we should we should probably be okay. Yeah, I think we probably researched it enough that we can interject yeah. when necessary, yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. So. So, no other business? No. I think we're good. We are. Slam, you have anything to say? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that picked it up. Me too. That was such a nice noise. <laughs> anyway, so I guess we'll just get into get, it. Yeah. All right. So, it, you should dedicate your episode. We oh, dedicate okay. all of our episodes Snoochie to Snoochie Bucci. She came up with our name. There's some horrors in this house. You're welcome, um, Snooch. So, yes, yeah, there. Which is almost forgot. You. All of our episodes are dedicated to Snoochie Boochie. So, if we ever do forget, you know now. You, you know that the, all the episodes are yes. dedicated to Snoochie Boochie. Um, this, we've talked about H.H. H. Holmes before. We've, we've mentioned him. We have. We mentioned him when we were talking about. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Somebody that was smart because H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes is very smart. Someone that was oh, it was um the Fritzel. Fritzel, yeah, yeah. Miss Joseph, Joseph Fritzel. Fritzel. Oh, that guy, oh. that asshole. Oh, the kids. Yeah, oh. yeah. That was the case that'll smack your pants off. Mm. <laughs> that will smack your pants off. <laughs> but yeah, he was very H. H. Holmes esque. So now we're gonna tell you about H. H. Holmes. Um. Oh, well, we do have a TikTok. Oh, we, we do. We, we do. should talk about that yeah. for a minute. Um, because we always mention at the end of the episode, but we do have a TikTok and I'm teaching Maiden to make videos. Maybe we'll make one tonight to post together for one. For one. Um, but yeah, go on and follow. There's some, I think it's just, uh, there's some horrors because it wouldn't take the whole in this house. So I think it's just, there's some horrors, but if you start typing it in, you'll find us. 
Um, but we want to start doing some like one minute true crime kind of stories. So if you have any recommendations for that, let us know. I definitely want to do the haunted Elsa doll because I don't think we could do a full episode out of it, but it's creepy, but it's still really creepy. So check out our TikTok for that upcoming. Yeah. All right. So let's get into HH Holmes. So I have the beginning parts and Maiden will finish her out. So HH Holmes Uh, is an alias. He had many aliases, but his real name was Herman Webster Mudgett, which is quite a name. That is quite a name. I understand why he went to H.H. Holmes, because Mudgett, he just sounds kind of nerdy. Yeah, not really digging that name. (laughs) So he was born in 1861 in New Hampshire, and he is considered America's first urban serial killer, meaning that his primary hunting ground was the city, in the city is Chicago. So his total number of confirmed killings is nine, but he has confessed to 27, and it is estimated he could have killed upwards of 200 victims. That is just insane to me. I know, and it, I, I totally believe that number, no, too. No, I do, too. I totally believe I that. I do, too. Uh, so if you are unfamiliar with H.H. H. Holmes, uh, being because he is so old-timey, yeah, um, but he is what craft beer would look like if it was a person. Have you seen pictures of him? He has like the curly mustache. He's, yeah. He's like, if you picture even, evil villain in your head. That's him. That's exactly him. Yeah. He has the bowler hat, the curly like mustache. handlebar mustache. He's, he's super evil villain-ish. Um, but he built this murder castle hotel in the center of Chicago. Yeah. And he used the World's Fair in order to lure in his victims. So that's what makes him super unique. Um, a lot of my research personally comes from the podcast, last podcast on the left, which is a really great podcast. Definitely. Really, really funny. It's a comedy true crime podcast, so you should definitely check that out. But also, um, I got a book called The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Um, it's, 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 it goes between talking about the history of the World's Fair and uh, what was going on at the time, which was H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. So it's a really good true crime book, so you should check that out as well. But that's where the majority of my research personally comes from. So, H.H. Holmes, we don't know too much about his childhood. Um, What we do know comes directly from H.H. Holmes, and what you will come to learn about him is that he's a pathological liar and a con man, so we can't really take too much of what he says to heart. No, not at all. Um, But he wasn't, like I said, he wasn't just a serial killer. He's a thief, he's a con man, um, and he's a pathological liar. So it's really hard to tell what is truth and what is a lie whenever he spoke about his childhood. But what we do know is he's born in 1861 in New Hampshire. He was the third born child. He has two older siblings and two younger siblings and his family were devout Methodists. So I think there's different, um, uh, tellings of this some people say that he had a, a great childhood some people say he was abused um so i'm i'm gonna i most of the sources i found said that he was abused mostly by his father as a child he was subject to really harsh punishments um but he was really fond of his mom his mom and uh, he considered himself to be a mama's boy he often fantasized about his parents death 
Which, like, that sounds super normal it, and healthy yeah. for a child. Like, Seems legit. Every kid does that. Um, but especially when the Great Chicago Fire happened in 1871, he imagined his parents burning alive until there's nothing left of them but ash. That is fucking insane. Especially, <laughs> like... Because you said he liked his mom. Yeah, so you, it, that's like, what I'm saying. But he loved his mother. But he, he just, just wanted her, her to be a big pile of ash. Yeah. Like, that's super normal. I hope my child never loves me that much. Mm-mm. So, okay. So, we all know from, like, one of our first episodes, the scariest thing in the world to me is old-timey doctor shit. Yeah. Like, House on Haunted Hill. My mother-in-law posted a thing today about House, House on Haunted Hill and I posted this gif that was like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate like that it. so much. I like, I like that movie, too. Price, price is my no, he's so scary. I can't he's take it. Awesome. So old-timey doctor stuff is, like, my nightmare. It's why, I, you, like, I can't watch House on Haunted Hill. It creeps me the F out. So I can totally relate to this story that H.H. Holmes tells about his childhood because, like, I get it. Yeah. He says he, as a boy, some of his classmates forced him inside of a doctor's office, which Holmes claimed he was terrified of, which I totally get. Like, old-timey doctor shit is the thing of nightmares. Um, And old-timey doctors, especially in this time period, um, is nightmare fuel. Yeah, I don't think i would like that either. yeah one thing that he was particularly afraid of was the skeletons inside the doctor's office like the full human skeletons yeah. hanging on a hook kind of thing like again like i totally get that those are it creepy makes it even weirder knowing like what you know about him as he gets older if he was afraid of that shit growing yeah up. he was super afraid of it um but it's, it's also important to note that science and medical knowledge at this time was, like, really limited. Like, we didn't know a whole lot about the human body and death. And we were still learning so much about science and the human body. So doctors did a lot of fucked up stuff. Yeah, because they didn't know. They didn't know. And that's how we learned. Yeah. That's how we figured it out. I don't so want to be one of those patients. No. They did a lot of fucked up experience uh, experiments. Uh, which is like reason number 58 of why like <laughs> old timey doctor stuff is the stuff of nightmares. Um, but they didn't have a whole lot of cadavers to like work with. Like how, you know, med students today, they work on cadavers. That's how they learn. Yeah. Um, they learn on like living people. Right. So at this time, it well, it was considered disrespectful to work on a cadaver because you're like disrespecting the corpse. Uh, so it was, it was frowned upon to do autopsies. So it it wasn't uncommon, though, for doctors to hire some, like, unsavory type of people to go do grave robbing and bring, bring them yeah. cadavers we for them. We need to know shit. <laughs> we need to know this stuff. <laughs> it's for science. We're getting learned in here, please. <laughs> so these, these people would go grave rob uh, to give them cadavers. It also wasn't uncommon for doctors to do the grave robbing themselves in order to conduct I'm experiments. Get this body. <laughs> yeah, I need to go. I need to go get this body and do some experiments. Um, but basically, doctors of this time were like psychopaths because they're just hacking up dead yeah. bodies. Like you have to have kind of a yeah. taste for that. Yeah. So it, it's literally the stuff of nightmares. 
But that's the way that they learned what was going on inside of the body. Like, if you want to know what the guts of somebody looks like, you gotta, you gotta look at the guts. You gotta get in there. And that's how they did it. Get in the guts. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's again why old-timey doctors is like super, super creepy. And 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 anybody at that time could go around saying that they're a doctor. How, yeah. Like, oh, who, who's gonna oh, question it? it? How are they gonna know? Other level. How are they gotta know? Who's gotta know? They're not. They're not gonna know. So they could just go around performing experiments and surgeries, and nobody even if they questions don't, like, that. No, even the least little bit of medical right knowledge. Right. So it's super scary <laughs> at yeah. this time. So. All of this to say that those skeletons in the doctor's office weren't just the plastic replicas that we knew in, like, anatomy class in high school. Like, yeah. Those were real fucking people. Those are real, real bones. human bones. So they're terrifying. And yeah, yeah, that's a little more terrifying than some plastic bones. Right. It's probably somebody that they snatched from their grave. <laughs> so the boys force H.H. Holmes inside of this doctor's office, and they're kind of taunting him with the skeleton with its arms oh, outstretched. No. Like, that's terrifying. That scary. And they pried his eyes open and <gasps> made, made him, him look uh, at the skeleton. Those kids are dicks. Yeah, super dicks. They made him look at the skeleton. And he writes in his autobiography that once he looked at it, his fear melted away and he was no longer afraid of the skeletons, but he was now more or less like morbidly curious about about it and fascinated with them, which put him on the path of eventually going to medical school later on. Which he wanted to learn more. Right. Super normal. That's, that's totally fine. Um, you know, but the, this story is also coming from the mouth of H.H. H. Holmes himself. So it's like, you how know. true is yeah. this story actually? But one thing we do know about Holmes is that he was really, really smart. And again, it's one of those things that we've talked about with cases in the past is that he's a really smart kid and he wants to go to medical school. And he could have been like this really big benefit and asset to yeah, society. He been something. But he decided to take a darker path. So after the skeleton experience, he now starts to experiment on animals. I knew that was coming. Yeah. And I wouldn't say experimenting as much as he was torturing these animals. Mm. He tried keeping them alive as long as possible during these quote-unquote experiments. Oh, hate that. And then after the animal had died and he was done with his experiment, he kept its bones in a box. Which is very, like, Dahmer-esque because yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer kept bones in a box. A fucking back box of bones. Yeah. So, you know, all of this is, you know, exper- not experimenting on animals, but animal cruelty is one of the serial killer triad yeah. kind of things. Yeah. So, we jump ahead. He graduates from high school at 16 and he becomes a teacher of all things, if you can imagine <laughs> Really, someone I want me teaching me shit. Yeah. So two two years later, he's now eighteen. He marries his first wife, Clara Lovering, but this marriage doesn't last long um, because, like I said earlier, he has his sights on hacking up people in medical school. So he leaves Clara in order to attend medical school. Um, you shouldn't feel too bad for Clara though, because she's one of the two wives of H. H. Holmes to survive. So he doesn't do anything bad to her. Oh. 
So that's just, you know, a little spoiler alert for later. Yeah, that's... So, first he goes to the University of Michigan, which is the top school for dissections. And which is also, according to Holmes' writing, uh, where he did some of his first crimes. Now, I know a lot of serial killers are also known for their first crimes and, like, they escalated from this to this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Ted Bundy starting out as a peeping Tom and then he escalated to breaking and entering and then he escalated from there. So, I know a lot of, they kind of, like, build up their confidence almost. But Holmes was different because he was a career criminal. Like, he kind of did murder on the side. (laughs) That's just my side hustle. You're right. So he was described as very ambitious. Like he wanted to be rich. He wanted to make a lot of money. He wanted yeah, to live. Yeah, but you could do that honestly and not by like fucking exactly. people. Like he could have been a really good politician or doctor yeah. and like made his millions in like an honest way. Um, and he was so smart. Like again, he had the potential to, to be, be somebody really great. Like like a Rockefeller or a Ford or a guy kind of like that. Yeah. But, you know, he just fell off the wagon somewhere. So, like I said, he's a con man. And his favorite con to run was fraud. He liked insurance fraud. Uh, and he was really good at it, too, because he was charming and handsome. And people said they, they could walk in, like, feeling really upset. And they would leave with H.H. Pat, patting him on the back and, like, laughing. And, like, they thought, oh, this is all my idea. Like, he was really good about making people That's so think. That's crazy that people can just... He was super manipulative like that. It was crazy. And the ladies loved H.H. They love the bowler hat. And they <laughs> love the mustachio <laughs> bowl. He, they loved him. Um, which apparently, unfortunately, worked out well later on for him. Yeah. Because most, most of his fem- uh, victims are female. So it was in medical school that he gets the idea for a fraud that I'm sure you're going to touch on later about his downfall. And this was a long con. Because basically a buddy of him, buddy of his and him um, would steal cadavers and they would take out life insurance policies on each other and fake each other's death. Then they would come around and and pose as a family member and they would collect the insurance money. And so this was a, he got this idea in medical school, but you'll find out later on he doesn't execute it until Until much, much later. later. So, you know, stick a pin in that because that's going to come back later on. Um, But just know, like, right now, he's in his early 20s in medical school. He's already thinking thinking about this. So he graduates medical school. He goes to Philadelphia. He gets a job as a pharmacist. Now, it's rumored that he may or may not have accidentally killed a woman with one of his medicines. Um, But I think with medicine... Being in the state that it was in at that time, I think it was common for pharmacists to kill people, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, no big deal. Everything's like trial and error. Right. It's oh, like, apparently oh, that shit. was wrong. That's not the cure for that. No, so, no. yeah. Um, so he, But he also may have done it on purpose because, we, as we know, he turns Dude, into yeah. a serial killer. So, I don't know. Who's to say? So after Philly is when he goes to Chicago. This is now 1886. It's five years before the World's Fair is going to come to Chicago. And he steps inside another pharmacy. And this one's owned by an elderly woman and her husband who is dying from cancer. 
and he sees this shop is sort of in decline and he offers up his services. He says, I'm a pharmacist. I can I make this shop. You. I'll help you. I'm going to, I'm going to come in here and make your shop better. And she accepts his offer and he turns the pharmacy, you know, kind of into this booming business and following the man's death, he offers to buy the pharmacy from the woman on a payment plan to what she agrees to. But he never does make any payments to her. Well, he, he always has an excuse about why, why he, he doesn't pay her. So eventually she gets tired of these excuses and she tries to sue him. But mysteriously, after she files suit against she him, she disappears. And she was never heard of again. And like other customers would walk into the shop and be like, oh, where's... Where's this lady at? And he was, oh, she went to Chicago. Or she he, she went to California to visit family. And then after a while, they're like, oh, she's she's been in uh, California for a long time. And he's like, oh, she liked the sunny weather so much she's that gonna stay there. she's just going to stay. Like, no big deal. <laughs> so nobody really looked for her. So about after a year of being in Chicago, Holmes marries his second wife, Murda Belknap. What a name. I know. All these, all these <laughs> ladies, know. man, they have some some names. So, like I mentioned before, Holmes was a ladies' man, which made Murda really, really jealous. Because he got a lot of attention from the ladies at the pharmacy. Because that's where I go to pick it's up pick potential up dates. Yeah. It's the pharmacy. pharmacy. I actually... I did. I actually got hit on at the pharmacy before. I don't know if I told you that. Some girl commented on, on my fingernails, which, you know, you can see I don't get my nails done. They're just really, really short, like like a good dollar bean. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. And, like, it was just a really weird experience, but I'm pretty sure she was trying to tell me she liked my style. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so he got a lot of uh, attention from the ladies at the pharmacy, um, but Holmes was a really, uh, he was a real grade A asshole because he flirted back with of these Of course ladies. he did. And when Murda got really, really jealous, he t- sent her ass upstairs. That's where they lived. He's like, just go upstairs. And I'd be like, no. Let me and the ladies talk I'm here. I'm stay here. Yeah. So after a year of marriage, she gets pregnant. And there's obviously a lot of strain on their marriage because he's yeah. downstairs flirting with all these girls. So she gets pregnant, and he sends her to live with her parents. And she just stays there and has the baby. And Fuck you, bud. Right, and stays with them. So Murda's actually another lucky wife. Got away. Because she got away, and she's number two. I said Clara was number one of two. Yeah. She's number two to survive a relationship with him. So now something that Holmes really, really loved about this pharmacy was the big vacant lot across, across the, the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the summer of 1888, he bought this land, and the dreams of the murder castle were finally in motion. Yes. And that's where my notes end. <laughs> and that is kind of where my notes begin. Excellent. Once she found them. Once I, yeah, once I found the six pages of notes I thought <laughs> I lost and wanted to just crawl in a hole and die. Um, so the beginning of mine kind of like reiterates, um, like when he was in college mm-hmm. and they would, he would steal the cadavers and yeah. take out insurance policies on them. Oh, I can't do that. What were you trying to do? I was just seeing how much time we were, I think we're good on time, but there you oh, go. Oh, we're, we're super good. So yeah, he would steal the cadavers from the laboratory of his college and take out life insurance policies on them. 
He would then burn and disfigure the bodies, making it look like murder or an accident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's another thing, because he realized that... He, he actually read a book about insurance fraud, which I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, he was writing books about insurance fraud. Yeah, right. He reads a book about insurance fraud and realizes that they have a really extensive investigation process. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to disfigure these bodies so that they they can't make the connection that it's not the person I'm saying it is. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, I definitely read that. That's fucking crazy. But he would plant the bodies and wait for the police to discover them. And then he would go and collect the insurance mm-hmm. money. Um, now, I think this is something repeated. The drugstore when someone died. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, all right, I'm going to head out. And like left. Yeah. And moved. That's when he moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. See, I knew some of my notes would overlap. That's fine. Um, that's, I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to read here. Okay trying to find my notes so he used the money from the previous scams that he ran on people Mm -hmm. and insurance fraud to purchase the empty lot across the street from the drugstore uh where the construction began in 1887 on a two-story mixed-use building that would later become the murder castle Mm -hmm. he fired and hired many different crews throughout the process of building this uh murder castle because he didn't want anybody to have like a clear idea of what he was doing right so he just like and he uh, never paid them that was a thing no, yeah, too. he never paid he them. just never paid nope. them he had so he many debts in lawsuits there mm-hmm. were people suing him like the steel company i think he worked with or another company yeah named it but yeah sued him because they just didn't pay him mm-hmm. and another thing that i read um that he was like stealing furniture and like hiding it mm. places in in the castle um Construction on the murder castle was completed in 1891. The first floor was the storefront, and then the second level contained over 100 rooms used as living quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't or- just ordinary, hey, come sleep here rooms, though. Some of them were soundproofed. Yeah. Many of the rooms were outfitted with chutes that dropped directly to, yeah. the, to the basement. Greased slides. <laughs> to the basement. Which... Can you imagine being a builder on the... Like, I need a greased slide to go to the basement. But why? <laughs> what are you sending down <laughs> what there, What are you bro? doing, man? I need it to be human size. See, I would ask too many questions, and then yeah. be like, this is sus, and I'm a. And then you would end that. up on the greased slide. I would. The I would be <laughs> probably the first fucking victim. He's like, this bitch talked too much. Yeah, and I don't know if you had this in your notes or not, but he had this safe installed that was soundproof. Oh, you didn't have this? Gosh. Yeah, it was this big walk-in safe, and... Um, it was another thing he didn't pay on because he had all the he you know he had all these debts and he didn't pay anybody, but he had the safe installed and so when the safe company and he didn't pay on it so when the safe company came looking for their money he had already installed it within brick and inside of his building oh fuck and he's like well you know you can take the safe back. But if you damage my building around it, I'm going to sue you for the, the damages. Fuck? How, how? And so the safe company was like, you know, they calculated, oh, it would be too much money. Just just keep the fucking safe what? at that point. <laughs> so, like, he was super smart that he thought so many steps ahead. Dude, he could hustle you out of fucking Oh, anything. my God. This guy was smart. That's insane. Yeah. So, in the basement... Um, Holmes had set up his own little, like, dissecting 
disposal yeah room stuff of nightmares yeah terrible like he had a dissecting table um that was set up along with vats of acid quick lime and he even had like a crematorium oh yeah bodies. oh and a stretching table I didn't look up what that is, but it sounds real bad. That sounds like medieval. Like, but yeah, yeah the legs, exactly and then you just turn yeah. the crank and it just stretches you out. Not loving that. Not, no, me either. Um, that's where he would dissect the bodies before selling their organs on the black market. Mm-hmm. And because of his, like, former medical education and different connections he made throughout the process of, like, college and stuff, he was able to sell the skeletons yeah. to medical institutions. And, and he, he made mad so money. So much money. Mad money So much money. Because I think he sold them for, for like, $200, which, like, in 1880 money. That's... I think in, in, in 19... Hold on. In 1891 or something like that, or... or Maybe night. I don't know. Nineteen oh one. I think I'm getting my numbers slip flop. It was like five thousand dollars. Oh, so you can imagine what today's money would, would be, be with two hundred dollars. I mean, he made mad, mad money on these money. skeletons. That's just insane. And it's people he's killed. Yeah, like, that's the st- like he's killing these people and yeah. then selling their shit. Yeah, it's. Crazy. I'm going to make you sign your shit over to me so when mm-hmm. you die, it's mine. Then I'm going to kill you and I'm going to sell your organs and your body. I'm just going to take make as much money from you dying as I can. I know. And Even was, though I killed you. That was another thing with, like, his employees. Like, he would have but a had, cash register girl. Yeah. And, like, when he hired them, He'd he had them. He'd make take out the insurance policies. Yeah, like, life insurance policies and, like, sign everything. Like, he yeah. had to be the proprietor of yeah. everything. He agreed to pay the premium on them mm-hmm. if he was the beneficiary. Crazy. Like, what? That's a red flag right there, but I'm gonna go ahead and say no to this job, sir. No, thank you. It, that's just that's insane. Bananas. Sometimes he would hire assistants that would help him strip the flesh off the bodies, dissect mm. them, and prepare the skeletons to be sold. Yeah, I don't love that. No, me either. The rest of the, could you imagine? Like, hey, dude, can you come help me do something today? And then you get there and you're like, this isn't what I signed yeah. up for. <laughs> like, I didn't know that's what we were Man, doing. I thought you just had to like move or something. Yeah. Like- no, I don't want to do this. Um, the rest of the remains would be tossed into vats of lime or acid to destroy any further evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, there were rooms with hinged walls and false partitions. Rooms linked with secret passageways and peepholes, like, randomly throughout the house. Yeah. Um, mazes of hallways, some of which led to nowhere. And doors that could be locked from the outside. Yeah, I hate that. Hate, hey, hate that. Hey, look, I can't even say it. I, That's how much I, I hate, hate it. it. The um, peephole thing really freaked because yeah, I think too. I read in a couple places there was like a sexual component, like he would like Probably in like the bathroom. Or yeah, like the he would get rock hard by like looking through the peepholes and watching these like airtight rooms suck the life like out of people. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was That's, really he was a fucked up dude. Yes, um, there were rooms connected to pipelines filled with gas that mm-hmm. acted as his own personal gas chamber. Yep, super. Yeah. yeah, I just oh hate it. Hate every much. bit of it. Um, so on April seventeenth, eighteen ninety one, a creditor of Holmes died of apoplexy. I think is how you pronounce it mm-hmm. in the drugstore. Um, it is unknown if Holmes was involved, but it's still that's like sus. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like you did something. There's a lot of mysterious deaths surrounding that. Him yeah, that happened like, when he's mm-hmm. around. I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and guess that I'm you gonna probably say he did, did it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in eighteen, woo, we went too far. In 1892, he added a third floor to the castle 
um, telling investors that he planned to use it as a hotel during the upcoming World's uh, Exposition that, Fair that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the ways that Holmes would lure people to his hotel besides people just needing somewhere to stay, um, he would post ads in newspapers offering jobs for young women um, and advertise the castle as a place of lodging. He would also present himself as a wealthy man looking for a wife. Yeah. And and the thing to know, too, about Chicago at this time was it, this, you know, I mentioned the Great Fire of Chicago, which basically burned Chicago down to the ground. Yeah. And it, it was a tinderbox. All these buildings were made with wood frames. So it just completely burnt to the ground. So they basically had a blank slate to build the city up from the ground yeah. up. And Chicago was the birthplace of the skyscrapers. So, you know, they, they built all these skyscrapers. So it really attracted all of these young women because young women were now finding the independence to go off on, on their, their own. own. Yeah. And they would go to sh- places like Chicago looking for employment. And there was lots of employment for women that, you know, they could do data entry and stenographers and yeah. things like that. So this was just crawling with young women perfect seeking independent, which was his perfect victim. Yeah. Um, because trains fulls of young women would come off in Chicago every single day. Could and you imagine him just being around and you think nothing of it, but he's like picking yeah. out? And, and he's like, he was described as very handsome and he was charming. So like think nothing of it. And these these are all like farm town pioneer women looking for somebody exactly like him yeah. like a self-made man he is the american dream and they're looking for a husband um, so he was just like the light to prime. the moth yeah know, like exactly yeah that's a good way to put it yeah um so he would kill people to steal their property mm-hmm. um their money but a lot of times, because like we said, most of his victims were female, mm-hmm. he would typically become engaged to women and then killed them after gaining control to their life savings or their property. Right. Like, I, I ain't giving you shit. Like, I'm not <laughs> signing over none of my stuff to you. <laughs> um, one of Holmes' earliest murder victims was his mistress, Julia Smith. Yes. Yeah. Poor Julia. I know. It was <laughs> um, she was the wife of Ned Connor, who actually worked at the pharmacy jewelry counter and had moved into Holmes's building. Mm-hmm. So they both lived there. Right. Um, when Ned found out about the affair, he just up up and quit his job and left. Like deuces, I'm but out. like poor Ned, he didn't know for like a year that they were. Yeah, they were together for like a year. Right and under poor his nose. Ned had no idea. Oblivious. Yeah. Um, but he left Julia and uh, daughter Pearl behind. Um, and that Julia just continued her relationship with mm-hmm. Holmes. Um, Julia and Pearl would later disappear on Christmas Eve, never to be seen again. Holmes later claimed that she died during an abortion, though it was never confirmed what truly happened. Mm-hmm. But even if that happened, where'd the daughter go? There's still another person to this mix yeah. that you're... And they said he would buy copious amounts of chloroform. Which was a really good way for him to knock out his patients, yeah. but also um, he would overdose, overdose them on purpose. On, on chloroform, chloroform. Yeah. So they say that that's probably how he killed Pearl, and then he took the mom down to the basement to do experiments because he, he, he's a doctor, quote unquote. Yeah. And he could do the abortion because he, it was it was said that Julia gave him an ultimatum. He could either marry, marry her. her or or she would leave and he said okay how about this 
you get an abortion and then I'll marry you. And so she's like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. So he's like, well, I'm a doctor and I'll perform it. Well, he... He had never done that oh, type of God. surgery before. How so, can you just talk people into doing all these crazy acts? That's what I was saying in the beginning. Like, anybody could go around and be like, oh, I'm a doctor. I've done tons just of like, surgeries. Okay. And people are just like, oh, yeah. Like, nobody's like that's asking, believable. let me see some documentation <laughs> no. here. Like, Do you have, like, anything? Like, yeah. records of other patients you've had? So, or? yeah. Julia, unfortunately, was was very naive to yeah. believe he was a lot a, of these people oh yeah were it, very naive and and the thing about sh- chicago too was that there were so many deaths and so many murders going on but the police was so understaffed and and so that they didn't have enough police to investigate all, all of these the, murders yeah. that were happening so chicago was just a hot <laughs> fucking it mess it sounds like it <laughs> And women are going on vacation <laughs> here. This is where I want to go. That sounds like somewhere I'd pick to go on vacation. Oh, no. It's not a good place. No. Um, another woman, I don't know how to say her last name. Emmeline Sigrin something. I can't say. Can you even read it from all the way over there? Let me see. Sigrande? I don't know. I have no idea. Sig- Sigrande sounds That right. sounds good. Uh, began working in the building in May of 1982 and disappeared that mm. December. So that was just some, <laughs> another random person that was gone. <laughs> oh, I hit record. Oh, Sorry. no. Sorry if you heard my crunchy chip. I don't know how to make it do things. Oh, oh there it is. Okay. Okay. So, let's see. Um, Holmes required all of his employees, um, fiancés that he had along the way, and wives to have insurance policies. He agreed to pay the premium on them as long as he was named the beneficiary. Of course, that led to many employees and guests of his just disappearing. Because a lot of people just seem to disappear when he's around. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um. Many people in the neighborhood had reported seeing many women enter the castle, but never saw them coming back out. Mm-hmm. So they'd go in and just never leave. Um, another woman that vanished was Edna Van Tassel. I love that fucking name. That's a I want name. to be a Van she Tassel. She sounds of importance. Yeah, very, very important. She's also believed to be one of Holmes' victims. Mm-hmm. But again, there's so many. Like you said, he was convicted of nine or, or con- confessed to nine, but could be upward of 200. Mm-hmm. So that's just another woman that he came into contact with, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, his usual methods of murder were suffocation, mm-hmm. um, overdose of chloroform, overexposure to gas fumes, like those gas chamber rooms he had. He would just, he'd just die from exposure. Um, being trapped in an airless vault. Um, he even claimed later after he was captured to have used starvation and he even burnt victims alive in the castle. Oh. Yeah. Hate that. Hate it so much. In 1893, one-time actress Minnie Williams moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Ch- Chicago. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? <laughs> Holmes claimed to have met her at the unemployment office, but there were rumors that he had previously met her in Boston years earlier. Um, he offered her his job as his personal stenographer. Mm-hmm. He eventually persuaded um, Williams to transfer the deed to her property 
um, located in Fort Worth, Texas, to a man named Alexander Bond, which was actually one of Holmes's aliases. Mm-hmm. So, um, in April of 1893, Williams transferred the deed with Holmes acting as notary. So, like, how fucked up is that? You notarized a tra- deed transfer to yourself. Yeah, that seems illegal. <laughs> that is not a, that's, a thing. That's not kosher no. at all. Uh, the next month, Williams and Holmes, posing as a married couple, rented an apartment in Lincoln Park. Uh, Minnie's sister Annie came to visit, and in July, she wrote to her aunt that she planned to accompany Brother Harry. I don't know why it's Brother Harry. Dude, that's creepy. Yeah, to Europe. Neither Minnie nor Annie were ever heard from again after July 5th, 1893. So, there's two other people that just just, yeah. just disappeared. Um, while working in a chemical bank, he met and became close friends with Benjamin Pitzel, a carpenter uh, with a checkered criminal past mm-hmm. already. So, sounds like two peas in a pod. Pitzel became, became Holmes' right-hand man for several different um, crime schemes. District attorneys later described Pitzel as... Holmes's tool and his creature. So he mm. just used him for what he could and probably profited from him way more than he ever did. Mm-hmm. And he probably he didn't even know. Probably. And Pitzel was a big drunk. Yeah. So he probably didn't know what was going on half the time anyway. Mm-mm. You could definitely talk him into anything. Yeah. Uh, once the World Fair ended, so Chicago's economy saw a very, like, uh, not gradual steep like decline Mm -hmm. so he abandoned the castle and focused his attention on insurance scams and he's still like throwing a random murder along the way oh yeah but he was focused more on the insurance scams um he committed acts of fraud throughout colorado missouri new york pennsylvania tennessee and texas Mm -hmm. he was also somehow able to steal a bunch of horses in texas which is a, an offense back then in Texas, punishable by death. Yeah, that's Texans a big fucking take deal. Horses, very serious deal. Um, so he sold us, stole them, and then shipped them to St. Louis, where he sold them and made a fortune. Mm-hmm. He made so much money. Um, he was arrested in 1893 for insurance fraud. Mm-hmm. While he was in jail, he met career criminal Marion Hedgepath, who agreed to help him in an insurance scheme. So, the plan was Holmes would take out a $10,000 insurance policy and then fake his death. Mm -hmm. He told Hedgepath he would give him $500 in exchange for a lawyer in case there were any problems um, with this insurance scheme. Which, $500? You're getting $10,000, you're giving me $500. Yeah, that that seems a little cheap. Better up that ante a little bit. Right. Uh, The insurance company, however, grew suspicious and did not pay out any of the money. Uh, Once he was out of of jail, he uh, concocted the same scheme... Because he went where Pitzel was in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, which he had also opened some kind of fraudulent business and was scamming people out of money while Holmes was in, oh, yeah. in jail. Um, but he concocted the same scheme that he had come up with Hedgepath to take out a fake insurance policy, fake a death, and collect on the insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something different happened this time. Holmes killed him. <laughs> Holmes yeah. killed Pitzel. Yeah. And, with chloroform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he somehow convinced his widow... Who was aware that they were planning to do this insurance scheme. But he convinced her that he, her husband was still alive. Yeah. And she didn't, he didn't die. Well, Pitzel had told his wife and his kids. Because he had a lot of he kids. He had like five like, kids. Seven, five, yeah. Five or something. Yeah. He had more. a lot of kids. And um, he, he told them, you're going to hear news of my death, but don't believe it. Because this is a big thing. You know, so the we, yeah. wife was kind of in on it. 
So she believed every word Holmes said. Yeah. So he later gave her 500 of the $10,000 he collected from the insurance policy. Holmes feared that the five children of Pitzel might alert authorities, so he killed three of them. Yeah. Yeah. He actually, he convinced Pitzel's uh, widow to let him take the, like, three oldest ones, and he went, like, cross-country with them. And he would stay in other hotels, and they'd be like, well, who are you to these kids? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm the uncle, and these are my nieces and nephews, and... Eventually, yeah, he, he got just tired of them, and he figured they would squeal eventually, and he he killed them. <laughs> oh. So it's like, he didn't just kill Pitzel and, like, fuck him over, but, like, why do you got to take it out on, on the, the kids? kids? Yeah. Like, just let them live life. So now his wife is out, children and a husband. Right. It's, it's really sad. Yeah, it's super but sad. But that ended up being his downfall. Like, that's what they caught him on was yeah. Pitzel's murder. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in 1894, Hedgepath, who was angry that he never received the money from the plan Holmes and him had concocted, um, co- ended up contacting police and told them about the insurance scam. Mm-hmm. So police tracked Holmes down, um, and they actually found him in Boston. Mm-hmm. They held him on an outstanding warrant for uh, the stealing and sale of the horses in Texas. It appeared to them that he had been preparing to flee the country. So homeboy was piecing out mm-hmm. uh police uh investigated the castle where they found the like torture rooms and the basement where he dissected and cremated bodies many of the bodies found still in the murder castle were so badly decomposed and dismembered that they couldn't determine how many bodies were actually there so there's no who they were how many they couldn't they yeah, couldn't tell which is super messed up that is really messed up they also found pitzel's body along with the children and linked them back to holmes mm-hmm um, in his autobiography that he wrote, there was a line that stated, um, it was a quote. It says, I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. Mm-hmm. Spook, spook. Yeah, um, it's really gross. So I found in one article I was reading, which I thought this was cool, so I wanted to add it in. It was a Rolling Stones article in 2017. Um, that was describing, like, a conspiracy theory that mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm. That he bribed officials to substitute his body for a cadaver so he could escape. Um, mm. I didn't see that. Two hours after he was hanged, a wagon with a casket supposed to be carrying his dead body was said to have actually been carrying him alive to the prison yard so he could escape. Hmm. Um, a guy that used to work for him at the castle named Robert Latimer claimed he had seen letters... Um, in 1898, proving Holmes conned lawyers, priests, and jail officials into burying a dead man in his place. And there was actually talk in the article of them exhuming his body. Yeah. I, re- I did read something about exhuming his body. Yeah. So. Well, there is a big conspiracy theory, too. And I don't even know how this is possible. And I think it's been debunked since it came out. But a lot of people thought that H.H. H. Holmes having the medical background and everything that he did was actually Jack the Ripper Mm -hmm. as well. Um, But that was because it was sort of happening at the same time in London. Yeah. Which was another reason, like, people in Chicago, like, they weren't afraid to be in Chicago, which they should have been because there's so many murders happening. Yeah, there's so many. And so less police. But um, they thought, oh, that's happening in London. That would never, ever happen in America. Surprise! Yeah, surprise, bitch! It's H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes. <laughs> but yeah, there thought. was a big conspiracy theory that he was also Jack the Ripper. 
Um, I just don't see how that's possible because it. I just don't see how he was in London because it was 1888 was Jack the Ripper, which is the same time he was at the pharmacy and buying the grounds for the murder hotel. Yeah. So I. I don't I I don't see any evidence pointing to that. I mean it's a, it's, it's an a interesting cool theory, theory, but um and I definitely see the correlation between it because they think Jack the Ripper was had medical experience. experience. Yeah. Uh I just don't see how that's the same person. No. But it is interesting to think about. Logistically that doesn't make sense. Right, exactly. But yeah, that's H. H. Holmes. Yeah. Um, America's first serial killer, and he went in with a bang with the murder castle. He sure did. Um, because a lot of people, uh, serial killers that came after him, have referenced him like um, fucking toolbag BK- <laughs> BTK. BTK. I fucking hate that loser. Um, he he aspired to have a murder. murder. He he wanted like a murder barn, but yeah. like essentially what H. H. Holmes had, where he could just be free to murder whoever he wanted but a lot of serial killers reference him that they wanted the to retire that is so fucking creepy yeah to have like a murder i just want to have somewhere i can kill people yeah which is totally fucked up yeah people don't (laughs) normally aspire that to be that but yeah h.h holmes was so smart um and that's a way with a lot of these these i know serial killers and murderers like if you would have just directed your your smartness your smartness your smartness clearly i'm not smart <laughs> but for real like if you would have directed it in a, like a better area of your life like you could have done so right. much more and this was an an era in time where america's like first celebrities were happening like the rockefellers were getting to be making a name for themselves and being rich like hh H. holmes could have been like another rockefeller yeah. kind of person so he really he had a lot of potential and a lot of these serial killers do like ted bundy had yeah oh hell so yeah. much potential it's just like that dark side of them they can't they can't get it down from. far enough yeah to even live like a normal life yeah and then when we get into serial killers like because i'm sure we will do fucking btk i I'm cannot sure we, uh... stand that man but he talks about how in 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 the uh, Green River Killer, Gary Ridgway. Yeah. He talks about how he compartmentalized things. Like, the serial killer was one box, and then he was a family man and had and a other, wife yeah. and, a, and a kids and a different life. And, and John Wayne Gacy. Like, Same thing. Compartmentalizing these things so that they can have this double life. So, it's just, it's really interesting. But that's that's America's first serial killer yeah. right there. Yes, and, it um, is. That's, we're definitely going to get more into other serial killers yeah, because sure. that's a super interesting area for us. But, yeah, he definitely sets the bar with he the murder totally castle. Does. I mean, I guess that's the, the best way to start out if we're going to do big serial killers. Why yeah. not start out with the, the first. America's first and, yeah. and a banger. Yeah. He came in hot. in hot. For <laughs> sure. Planning shit out when he was still in fucking college. I know. And, and in that murder castle, like, they say that, like, psychologists now look at him and they say he had to have been planning that since he was, was a yeah, child. Yeah, like, just thinking about having a place like intricate that. intricate and in-depth. And it the, was, it's crazy. But the murder sh- castle actually does not exist anymore, so you cannot, you cannot visit it. Oh, I it. Did, did. It said that it, after, so shortly after he got arrested, it, an unknown arsonist burned it to the ground. Yeah. And then it, it was rebuilt as a post office. It, it is a post office now. 
But I bet that post office is haunted Hell as fuck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I would never want to work at that fucking post office. Yeah. You better hire me and not tell me what was there before. I, this is just a side note, but like another really shady story that I read about H.H. Holmes was that um, the pharmacist that he had originally bought across from the vacant lot that would be his murder castle. Yeah. He sold that pharmacy to another man. But he he did the the man that bought it didn't read all the fine print because H H Holmes did he still own it he no he took all the fixtures out of it like all the things that made this like a really fancy nice pharmacy he like took it. he took it with him and there was businesses in the bottom floor of his murder castle yeah and one of those businesses that he made was another pharmacy uh-huh. where he put all of those same fixtures that he took from the other pharmacy that, that he sold the other pharmacy to so he's just this really he was so smart and he just like thought like three steps ahead of everybody else yeah and if he just would have navigated that energy towards something positive yeah he could have been that isn't murder a really great person but but instead we see we see how that happened Mm -hmm. but yeah he he did kill like like i said he only survived there's only two wives of his to survive but he had like four or five wives yeah. so the rest of them he murdered them. um many that you had mentioned you know he got the land from her and then he killed her and her sister so it's like he liked killing because he didn't have to kill the no, sister no he didn't they already gave the, you what you wanted right you already have what he didn't even have to kill many no, but like but why especially not the sister the sister and it's just like with Pitzel, like he killed his children. Like, why? He just didn't care. Why kill the children? Because you already told them that if you hear a story that I'm dead, it's not true. Right. But I mean, maybe because eventually they'd start asking he, questions he why he just, never came back. Or... He could have just taken that insurance money he made from Pitzel and he disappeared left. and left the the. I mean, that would have been shitty. But at least they'd be alive. Yeah, it's not as shitty as being killed. <laughs> yeah, it's it. He was just such a douche He's nugget. Super douche nugget. But yeah, how's that wine? It's really good. I'm almost done with it. I didn't even <laughs> try it yet. It's really good. You're like it. So yeah, um, I think that's all I have about H H. Yeah, that's our first serial killer. It is. Happy episode 15. Yes. <laughs> That's exciting. It is exciting. So we're trying to reach uh, 200, 200 on Facebook. So please continue to like and share our posts. And something special is going to happen once we hit that 200. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that would be super fun. Yes. Maybe Slam will make an appearance in the live show. Yes. She's so excited. Look at her face. face. Yay. She won't just be a disembodied voice anymore. In the background. <laughs> Sam, look that up. I will, <laughs> I will fold laundry for everyone. Oh, maybe she'll crump. Yeah. Maybe she Slam laundry. will crump. While she folds laundry? I That's definitely really tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. So that's all I got. You got anything else? No. All right. Well, we'll thanks for listening, guys. See you again. Bye. Bye.